Welcome to the Your Houston Podcast. This is your host, Nicholas Hall. This is your co-host, Mario Castillo. How are you doing today, Mario? A little sore today. Had a good workout yesterday. Oh, so you're working out. Yep. Is that because you're in the middle of an epic weight loss challenge? In the middle of it and not succeeding, so yes. <laughs> I think you're succeeding, but before we get to that, first, uh, let me thank you for, for watching the show. Uh, our last video had over 3,000 views, which is a milestone for us, so thank you for, for watching us and for the feedback and the comments and, and for liking and subscribing, and, and if you're new to the show, please like, please subscribe. Um, Your Houston is a nonpartisan organization. It's a nonprofit that's really focused on the issues and, and trying to really improve the quality of life. And the way we've gone about doing that is using this digital format to keep people informed about what's going on in and around the city of Houston and to engage individuals to play an active role in making Houston better. Uh, so thank you. Uh, so let's go back to this weight loss challenge. And Mario and I started this weight loss challenge on August 2nd. And we're doing it for Houston Restaurant Weeks. Five weeks to be exact, all the way through September 7th. And I'd say we're about the halfway point. You're sore. I'm sore. I'm not stopping, though. I really want to win. Well, you're doing great so far. How would you know? Because you tell me every week how much you weigh. (laughs) Maybe I shouldn't. Maybe that's giving you an unfair advantage. Well, it hasn't helped me lose any more weight. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I do that because I'm trying to motivate and inspire, you know, and, and really it's a way of keeping myself in, inspired and moving forward because five weeks, it's when you're really going hard, it's, it's a challenge. You, you, for the last few weeks, you should try these new calteen bars that I've heard help you lose weight. Oh, is that from the movie Mean Girls where they <laughs> give her some weight gain bars? Nope, not going to fall for that. I'm going to stick with my routine. And actually, I'm headed to see Dr. Motter, and I'm going to be upping my game all the way through the finish line. So be prepared. All right. I mean, I've been working out at least three hours a day. So I've been taking it very seriously um, because I know everything counts. And speaking of counting... Today's topic, the census. Well, we have a phenomenal guest to teach us and everyone more about the census, Dallas Jones, and we're excited to speak with him today. And we're going to find out what we're hearing in the news versus what we're hearing in the political theater. And I think no better person to talk to than Mr. Jones because he is in the know. We're very excited to speak with Dallas Jones today. Dallas Jones is the CEO and president of Elite Change here in Houston, Texas, and the managing principal of Jones Group International. He's an alumni of Sam Houston State University and a graduate of the Harvard Emerging Leaders Program. He's been published in the New York Times, Essence, Ebony, and a host of other publications. And, it, and we're, we're just grateful to have him here to share his opinion on the census and the future of campaigns during the time of COVID. Hey, Dallas, how are you doing? Hey, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. How are, how are you? I mean, I'm still blown away by all those publications that you've been published in. That, that's pretty impressive and excited about the topic today. We're talking about the census. But before we go there, are you ready for liftoff? I feel the liftoff. The clock has started. Roger. Oh, I love that corny music. Those sound bites are never going to get old for me. Uh, so this is the part of the show where we... 
ask some questions to really get the gray matter moving, get the cognitive juices, the brain matter flowing. Uh, so first question, you get a free dinner at any restaurant in Houston. You can bring as many people as you'd like. Where are you going and what are you ordering? Well, um, that's actually happened to me. And I went to Steak 48. I would go back to Steak 48. We had a great time and, uh, uh, you know, had their ribeye, their aged ribeye, which is amazing. And, uh, you know, it was a good time had by all. But I, I, I actually have been in that scenario and it was wonderful. That's, that's a solid. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it, was a free, it was a free meal for me and, and 20 of my friends. Hey, wow. there you go. It's Houston Restaurant Weeks, so people out there, that's a, that's a good, solid option. Uh, next question. You have a private jet filled with enough fuel to take you anywhere in the world. Where are you going? Ooh, now that's a good one. Private jet fuel to take me anywhere in the world. Yeah, you're safe from uh, COVID, and you can go anywhere. And you're safe. You know, I'll, I would probably go to, you know, uh, uh, someplace, you know, you wouldn't normally pay for yourself like a Bora Bora or... Uh, you know, French Polynesia or, you know, someplace like that, you know? That's a solid answer. Dr. Mater, I think she said the, the Maldives. Mm -hmm, so, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, something like that, you know? I think that's like a, like a COVID vacation, like to get away from everything. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, I, I mean, I've, I've, I've been to a, quite a few other places and I'm, I, I don't want to go. Look, if I've got a free jet, I don't want to go where I've already been. There you go. <laughs> hey, hey, here we go. Uh, if you could transplant anything from another city and bring it to Houston, what would it be? Oof. Should I give my public or private answer on this? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you take both. <laughs> uh, you know, if I could tra if I could transplant anything from another city and bring it here, what would it be? That is an amazing question. Um, I would say um, I would transplant the um, the beaches. <laughs> hey, instead of taking the jet there, just bring it to you. I would transplant the, the Florida beaches, you know, if, if I had to transplant anything though, I would, I would, I would, I would say Miami period, like the whole field. Okay. And, you know, Miami, Miami has never owed me nothing on any visits. You know, I almost thought about Vegas until I realized I hate Vegas. You're going to Vegas because somebody else made you go to Vegas, right? Yep. It's my bachelor party. Go to Vegas. It's my wedding. Go to Vegas. You know, I've never been, it's a convention, go to Vegas, yeah. right? I've never actually been to Las Vegas because I'm like, oh my God, I want to go to Vegas. Because um, hey, every time I leave there. Vegas, Miami, both. I would, either one, either or. Um, so Definitely Miami though, Miami. All right. For sure. You're going to Miami. All right. So who would you rather have cook crawfish for you? Kamala Harris or Michelle Obama? Well, you know, Outside of me considering probably myself one of the best crawfish cooks in Houston, um, you know, I would, I would, that's such a hard choice for me, um, but I'll have to go with, with Michelle Obama, of course. Oh, yeah. That, you can't go wrong either way. Uh, yeah. I've so, met Kamala Harris. I've not met Michelle Obama, so. <laughs> all righty. You know what you're getting there then. Um, <laughs> yeah. So if you could be any actor in real life, who would it be? Denzel. 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 Yes, there you go. 
Um, I mean, that, that's easy. Denzel. So, so, you know, what black man don't want to be Denzel? What white guy doesn't want to be Denzel? I mean, shoot. Uh, training I didn't know. You could have said Matt McConaughey or something. I don't know. But hey, come on, man. Love me some Denzel. Uh, King Kong ain't got nothing on me. Um, so you got to fight to the death. Would you rather face Kanye West or Drake? A fight to the death? Yes. So you got I mean, neither, you got Kanye neither is one mentally not, you know, some people question the stability there. He's been shot too neither and he's still one of alive, those, you know. Neither one of those dudes really scare me much from a, a fist fight perspective, but I think I'd have to go with Kanye over Drake. Oh man, I don't know, man. I wouldn't underestimate Kanye in a fight. Um, Kanye's smaller, bro. Kanye's smaller than Drake is. Yeah, yeah. That's why I'd pick the bigger dude, because the bigger dudes move slower. You have to pick a Republican senator to manage their reelection campaign. Who would it be and why? I have to pick a Republican senator to manage their reelection campaign? Yes. Is that what you said? Yep, that's the question. U.S. senator. A U.S. senator. Uh, Tim Scott. Tim Scott. Why? He black. Okay, there we go. Keep it simple. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. I don't think I was, I don't think, I mean, I don't want to lie to you. (laughs) Hey, that's what this is for, is to get the brain moving, man. Uh, You could bring back Tupac or Biggie. Who would you bring back? Wait, wait, I want to go back to the last question. Now, here's the thing. I don't agree with none of them, so if you got to pick one, I'm going to pick the one that's black. (laughs) I mean, that's got to make sense. There's only one of them. (laughs) Maybe if it goes down, he might decide to save us. He might come to himself. Yeah, well, he might. Uh, anyway, so, uh, so Big Ear Tupac. Yeah, Big Ear Tupac. Who are you going to bring back? Ah, that's a hard one, but uh, I'm going to I'm have to go with Pac. There we go. That's what I'm saying. Um, go with Pac. Next question. If you could give truth serum to anyone in history, who would it be and what would you ask them? Ooh, man, these questions. I don't think I was ready for this. I just came to talk about the census. Well, that's why we got to um, get your brain. I mean, we're getting yeah, everything truth going. Truth serum. Truth serum to anybody in history. My, my, my. I would, I would uh, probably, um, I would probably say, uh, Dr. King. There you go. See? Uh, I would say Dr. King. What would you ask him? Um, what were you thinking? Uh, that's a good, it's like, like a you, learning, like a, you're like learning and, and yeah. What were you thinking? Were you, were you, you know, were you ever, uh, well, I know the answer to were you ever afraid, but what kept you going? Um, what drove you? Um, there were a lot of rumors after your death. Were they true? Um, you know, there, there's a million questions. I could sit down and, and, and talk to him all day. I think the, uh, the closest I will ever get to that was a conversation I, I was fortunate to have in college with uh, Reverend James Lawson, who uh, the world saw speak at John Lewis's funeral, who was Dr. King's teacher of the nonviolent movement, um, and got a chance to spend 
he's in his 90s now, but back as an undergraduate student 20 years ago, I got a chance to sit down with Reverend Lawson and listen to him talk about a young Dr. King and what it was like to teach him and what the movement was like. That's the closest I've come to that. Um, but, you know, you know, that to <clears throat> have lived a life that has commanded a, a statue on our national mall, I, I, I got to get into your head. As, yeah. a, as a as a brother in politics, yeah, I mean he's made such a huge impact. That's a, that's yeah. a really good answer. All righty, there we go. We're all the brain is ready to move, and we're ready to talk census. Yes, we are, and thank you so much for being here, Dallas. You know, you're so engaged at the local level and active in communities across the city. Can you give us the lay of the land with the 2020 census? You know, there's COVID going on. Um, people are, are not as engaged as they were, and maybe they're preoccupied with um, financial struggles or potential housing struggles or health struggles. Uh, is this um, affecting the response rate or, or just the awareness around the census this year? Absolutely. I mean, COVID has, has changed every facet of our lives. Now, you know, the, the, the reality is that we have to be concerned whether or not our, we're going to get a complete count, uh, or at least a com, uh, close to complete count, because, uh, you know, some of the methods that the census is normally able to deploy, such as people going to houses and, and getting you to fill out the form and this, you know, that's a huge part of it. I mean, census workers actually Actually going door to door has always, always been a huge part of getting the census done. Um, now we're relying on technology where we have communities that have huge gaps in the digital divide. Right. You have, I mean, we're seeing this in our, as COVID affects our public education system, the number of students that don't have access to, um, it, you know, the Internet or computers, which is why our school districts are having to become, you know, uh, technology incubators for the students in order to, to move them through this process. And so, so is the truth with the census. Right. Is that you have a large number of communities and populations that are not technology savvy. I think about my grandparents in rural Louisiana, you know, uh, they're eight in their 80s, you know, 80 ish. And, you know, they're in great health. They're active citizens. They, they would do their census. But let me ask you a question based on how we're doing the census now, based on how I did my census. How are they going to do their census? Right. I did my census online. Um, it was very easy. Bing, bam, boom. Took me like five minutes, right? They don't have internet, right? They don't have a computer. They don't know how to use a computer. They may or may not get it in their mailbox, right? They may or may not return it in their mailbox, right? But they're also at a very vulnerable age to where people cannot come to their house or come near them. Um, we as a family can't even go there. Our Thanksgiving, traditional Thanksgiving dinner, where we all emerge on them once a year, is, is canceled. So... I would argue that this is not a singular uh, case. This is a personal case, but that case is replicated throughout our country, um, particularly in those areas that 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 are heavily rural. Um, and and in the case of the South, where you have uh, uh, you know primarily rural states that are are majority minority, um, you know it's going to lead to an incomplete count. Now, what does that mean? 
Um, in my mind, that means that there's going to be, uh, as we know, we use the census in order to determine how resources are dispersed, to redraw um, political lines and things of that nature. So that ultimately leads to a disparity in what these communities that probably need some of these resources the most will get. It also leads to the, pop the possibility of gerrymandering lines that will not um, be an accurate assessment of the population that 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 the lines will affect. And so, you know, we, <laughs> much like anything else, you know, 2020 uh, is full of is, is full of complications in, in all walks of life due to COVID-19. And, and, I, and I certainly see it as having a big effect on the census. So for someone like me that uh, admittedly, I don't know much about the census. Right. So who who can fill it out? Is it everybody? Do you have to be a citizen of the United States? Uh, no, you don't. Uh, anybody can fill out the census. Um, there it, it has been traditional that a non you know, documented residents can can fill out the census as well. And so, um, yeah, it's open to, to those that want to uh, that 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 reside here in our country, whether documented or not documented. You mentioned allocation of resources, and the YMCA put out um, something on their Instagram the other day promoting the census saying that uh, $1,700 is lost for every person that doesn't return their census. And for average Houstonians who maybe don't get Social Security, they're not on Medicare, Medicaid, and they're not typically getting any traditional government assistance or on any type of program, you know, does that impact them? Does that seventeen hundred impact them in any way by not filling out? Yeah, the absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it, it, it is it is shared risk, right? Um, when and that's why there is such a push and so many resources going into getting everybody to fill up this fill out the census because. Uh, you know, for every household, like you mentioned, there's a loss of dollars for every household that is not counted. And it's not going to be just that household that loses money or that household that's punished. It's the entire community. Right. And so that's why it's important that we 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 are encouraging our neighbors. And there's such a push for people to take out the census. Here's the reality. Uh, you know, much like Nick. Most people don't really know what the census is for. They don't know the importance of it. They really don't um, think about it. I mean, this is something that happens once every 10 years. 10 years ago, you know, I was 29 years old. I wasn't even married yet. You know, I was, a, you know, I was transient. Uh, you know, I, I, I was still trying to rise in my career. I didn't have a child. You know, it was a totally different world for me 10 years ago. So the idea of filling out a census would have never been in the forefront of my mind. Who cares? Fill out a census for what, right? Um, fast forward, it, it was a thing I knew that I had to do because I had a child, I have a wife, I have, you know, and, and we, and I've since learned the realities of what not filling out the census can do. Um, we, we live it every day when we look at some of the congressional lines and some of the uh, 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 state legislative lines that frankly has created, you know, uh, majorities for the Republican Party in this state. I know this is not necessarily a, a partisan conversation, but it's created majorities for the Republican Party in this state, which ultimately has dominated um, our public policy, you know, over the last decade. And so, you know, 
a change in the direction of that, a change in that policy can mean a change in the quality of life for many of us in this state. Um, I didn't see it that way back then. And unfortunately, we're, we're people that are in the know on this, on this conversation. There so, are so, so for people like me that aren't that and don't and, know and don't know as much, you know, like what, why, what's going on with the census? Why, why are they shortening it by a month? Is it due to the COVID pandemic? I mean, so what's really going on or what are people talking about as to what's really going on behind the scenes in the political theater? Man, look, first of all, I get it. But when I say people that are not in the know, I'm not talking about people like you because you're sitting here, you're sitting here hosting a, a, my Houston show about the census. So, you know, right. I'm talking about, uh, you know, you know, the, the folks that are, you know, in some of the lowest income neighborhoods that the census could be the furthest thing from their mind and they don't even know that it's going on. They, it washes by them, right? They're on the, the, you know, the brothers and sisters on the corners, you know, that's, 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 that's hanging out, you know, they, they're, they're not aware of this. But to, your, to answer your question directly about what's happening in terms of the, the, them shortening it and this and that, look, what's happening in terms of them moving uh, uh, post office boxes? What's happening in terms of them, you know, denying funding for the Postal Service? What's happening in terms of them, you know, talking about our election is going to be rigged? Now, you, you can decipher through my words who them are, who they are, right? But at the end of the day, um, th this is another opportunity to, to suppress people, uh, you know, making their, their, their family count in the census. Um, this is an opportunity to help to... to cut the census off to, to redraw legislative lines. It's the census is power. It is power. And the more you can control that power, the more you stay in power. And so, you know, yeah, anything you can do to, 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 I mean, as if COVID hadn't done enough, but just in case you want to make sure that you, you know, you're able to, to maintain your control you know, yeah, sure. You're all for cutting it short for whatever, you know. But is, is that, BS has that been the narrative, though? Is that the direct answer? I mean, did we're, shut, we're cutting it short due to the Well, you asked me. I mean, Mario, do you, why has it been cut short? I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure why it's been cut short. So there's not been a straightforward, you know, we're cutting it short due to the pandemic or lack of funding or, I mean, because if anything, it sounds like you'd want to extend it because everything else is being extended. Right, we're extending student loans. We're extending out times to file taxes. Why are we shortening something that seems like it's critical and important to general quality of life initiatives? I mean, that—that's well, what doesn't make sense know. in my mind. If I take off a partisan lens, right? If I—if I turn into you know the person that's just looking at the issues, being hard on the issues, not hard on the actual parties. What what's the straight up answer that the public's being given as to why it's being cut short? Um, so I, I can't answer you outside of the answer that I gave, which is what I know. Uh, now, I don't know what they're saying publicly in terms of why they're trying to shorten the census. Um, you know, but the reality is, is what I is what I gave you now that, um, you know, that maybe uh, quote unquote partisan. Um, but to your point, I can't think of any other reason why you would, you would shorten people's access to this most important document um, that they have to fill out. And let me say this to you, you know, these are not new 
playbooks. These are not new things. I mean, the, these, you know, for those folks that just kind of watch these things unfold, but don't actually participate in the political process as I do daily, right? I mean, this is not a, a run-of-the-mill uh, uh, effort. You know, this is this is this is this is calculated, and so I don't know the answer they're given as to why they're shortening the census. Maybe maybe you know that's that's something you all can tell me, but I know why it's happening. I think the majority of the public knows why it's happening. I mean, it, yeah. I mean, I'm looking at this. You know. It, August 21st, 2020 from PBS, it says watchdog says U.S. census lacks door knockers needed for the 2020 count. And it's saying that they're short by more than 25%. And by they, um, the U.S. Census Bureau is short by more than 25% of the door knockers needed for the 2020 census. I mean, 25% seems like it's, you know, it's not exact, right. right? That doesn't sound exact. So it definitely sounds like this is somewhat of a story that's just to get attention regarding the matter. But but for me, right. you know, again, that that, that that does not necessarily affiliate with a party that just focuses on issues is just doesn't it flies in the face of conventional wisdom as to when we're extending everything due to a pandemic, why is this being shortened? Why would you sh- why would you shorten this and, and particularly shorten it because you have a, a shortage of of workers? It would seem that you would extend out and allow the the short the workers you have to work a longer period. I mean, it seems like common sense to me. Um, but there's there's a lot of up and down about this. I mean, you know, um, you know, the, the 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 census falls under the Department of Commerce. Um, and so, you know, the Commerce Secretary has made the, the call to shorten it, that certainly under the direction of the White House, who's also tried to cut it, you know, un, undocumented uh, immigrants from that as well. Um, you know, Congress is pushing back on this um, and calling, you know, you have people that are calling for an independent review of the census um, to determine whether or not it was actually done in a, in a quality way uh, to uh, honestly determine the count of, of citizens. And so, um, you know, it's unfortunate. Look, it's unfortunate that this something so simple that we've done for years has become so political. It's unfortunate that something like public health and a global pandemic has become political. Everything in our country that is of importance to the quality of lives of us has just become hyper-political. That's by both sides. You know, um, I, you know, for those that may know me or follow my career, I am a democratic strategist. But, you know, I think that it, it both sides, we, we, we tend to you know, politicize issues that need not be politicized. But at the end of the day, it's when you have a position on something, it's kind of hard, um, particularly if it's something as important as the coronavirus, right? Um, it's kind of hard to deter from that position when you honestly believe that uh, you're doing the right thing. And so um, the census is, is something that should be so nonpartisan, Nick and, and, and crew. It should be so nonpartisan. It should be you know, pretty cut and dry. Let's count our citizens. Um, and let's, let's go out of our way to do the best to do that. But unfortunately it's falls into the, it's fallen into the political chaos of our country. So given the significance and the importance of the census and the fact that workers are short and the timeline is being reduced, are there any efforts locally to do outreach, to go out and get folks that are hard to find or, likely not to fill out the census to make up for 
uh, the lack of resources from the federal level? Oh, yes. I'm seeing many of our Houston institutions and proud to see many of our Houston institutions really reaching out to to um, um, get people to participate in the census. I, I mean, from organizations like uh, the United Way, the Urban League, um, the Houston NAACP. We have churches and church communities throughout, uh, uh, faith communities throughout our city that are making efforts to reach the vulnerable. We have, um, you know, an overlap of our different layers of government um, with programs working to get people involved. So, I, I, you know, kudos to those that are doing the work. Our firm, our firm uh, was able to do some of the initial uh, design work around the Yes Census campaign, particularly looking at the African-American community and those messages and trying to devise the right messages to reach those, reach those communities. And we were proud to do that work. And so, you know, it's it's it, it takes all of us, you know, Houston to to really make sure that H-Town represents, you know, and that that we get what's coming to us, uh, you know, and so. Um, and it's really important for us. I mean, as we have two hurricanes, you know, two storm systems looming in the Gulf right now, you know, we are, we're often affected by this. And so, you know, a lot of how federal aid is, is, is put out, is put out by uh, the population and the need. And, and so it's critical for all of these things, all of these things. And, uh, you know, but yeah, I feel like I feel like everybody is putting their best foot forward to really make sure we're counted, including including you guys by by hosting this conversation and and having me today. Yeah, I mean that's why we're doing it, right? Is to, yep. to really raise awareness on this issue because it's critical. I mean, we just talk about disaster recovery. Let's just talk about like education, right? And 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 making yep. sure. I mean, if you're going to allocate your resources as a country, you kind of need to know what your population is, where it's at, so that you can channel those resources in a very equitable way, if you will, if not efficiently, yeah. but equitable. Um, yeah. And so that's for me when I hear and see, and I've, I've seen all the great work that the city's been doing and everybody else has been working on and kudos to you for working on the yes campaign. But when I see anything get politicized, you know, that, that little part of the, the Nick brain really goes towards why, why is this politicized? This seems pretty straightforward. It seems like everybody would care about this. I mean, my family, I've got family members that are Democratic. I've got family members that are Republican. They're all worried about coronavirus, right? They're worried about everything else. But at, at the end of the day, what you do with the census impacts future crises, right? Because we will have future issues. We've already got issues without the crisis. We already have an education. We have a poverty issue. No one in the United States should be homeless involuntarily at all, period. So... You know, thanks for taking the time, Dallas. I mean, it really, for me to understand the political reasons and rationale behind this, it's really important for people like me to hear. Well, you know what you're hearing? It's not conspiracy theory. It's what's going on. It's pretty straightforward. Um, so I would just be curious what the Republican response to that is. And, and that's why, you know, are they saying we don't have the re We can't find people to knock on doors because of the pandemic. There's not enough unemployed people out there that need a job to go knock on doors to count people for the census. So, right. You know, that, that, that to me, again, what is going on? And, and well, I'd, I'd love to hear the response too. Maybe that can be your next, your next podcast. Oh, maybe, maybe, you know, maybe we'll have you and, and, and someone from the Republican party on, um, you know, maybe this goes towards that truth serum question that, that we asked, you know, maybe the truth serum goes towards like, why, what's going on with the census. 
that's always fun. Dallas, why <laughs> we, while we have you here, how has uh, COVID changed the way you're running campaigns and reaching voters and, and making effective contact with, with folks? Man, it's 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 been industry changing. I mean, it's moved us from a model of of, of uh, you know being able to hold events and meet and greets and fundraisers in person and and you know canvassing, door knocking, and you know we can't do any of that anymore. You know, fundraisers are now virtual. They're they're this online meet the client and be on the uh, you know meet the candidate and be on the Zoom with them. Meet and greets are now virtual. Virtual town hall meetings. You know. Um, uh, a lot of money is put into digital outreach through digital advertising and, and social media. And, you know, canvassing has become a very dangerous practice now. I mean, in, in some ways you have to do it, um, you know, I, I, but as we're trying to understand this more, you know, it's increasing the cost if you do do it, because now you have to make sure that your canvassers are well protected. So that now adds the cost of personal protection equipment and, and, and things of that nature. Right. Um, and you have to make sure that the, uh, the, the, the voter is protected as well. And so um, it, it's completely revolutionized how we do this work. Um, I think there have been some good lessons learned. Um, in the course of, of COVID, um, of forcing us to kind of do some things we never thought about doing before, right? Um, so you, you can you can learn from that as well. Um, and then I think, uh, you know, it, it, it also forces, you know, it also makes us kind of um, recreate ourselves uh, and, and, and get really creative. Um, and in some ways that's good because we've gotten very traditional in how we do campaigns. Um, and so, you know, there's some discovery that's happening. Do you see this, uh, being a long-term, long-term lasting change? You know, some industries are saying we're not going to go back to the way things were before COVID. Is that the case here? Not. I mean, who knows the future? <laughs> well, some companies and industries are already saying, yeah, but they, they yeah. have tentative plans to return back to the office by yeah, 2021. Uh, you kind of broke up on me there, but... And the question, Dallas, so he was asking, what, what's the future hold? Is, is this, this paradigm yeah, shift in the digital... Yeah, you're breaking up on me there, but I, no, I don't see us staying this way. I'm going to go back one. So what you were saying about the paradigm shift with the digital technology and outreach and being able to actually, you, you know, you can't shake hands and, and do the traditional means... Isn't that the same argument the Republican Party could give as to why the census and they're running into issues is because people don't want to knock on doors and they don't have the PPE? I mean, they've had 10 years, tentatively nine years to plan for this. Is COVID, I mean, is that their, is that the devil's advocate argument? Is that COVID was kind of like the outlier I'm not, incident? I'm understanding you guys. All right. You got bad connection? You good now? Sounds like there's some. Yeah, I did, but I. All right. Well, we're just going to jump yeah. to the next round. So this, this is it, and then we'll let you go, right? You ready? Okay. So that's all yeah. been great commentary. I, th I think I've learned a lot. I think now I can no longer say I don't really know much about this issue. You guys have taught me a lot. But really, I, I, you know, it wouldn't be right if we didn't end with. Okay, all right, we've had a problem here. This is Houston, say again, please. Uh, Houston, we've had a problem. Oh, do we ever. We have got a problem. And Dallas, have I got a question for you. This is the part of the show where I ask you, a ridiculous question and give you an insanely little amount of time to answer it. As you know, the state and local leadership have a poor working relationship. As one of his first acts as a newly reelected president, Trump appoints you, Dallas, 
to a special position to fix this problem. You have the full backing of the federal government, including unlimited financial powers, to ensure that your advice is followed. What are the first three things you do to get Governor Abbott and Mayor Turner working together? Mm, that's a great question. Um, uh, one, I don't know I'd ever accept such an appointment from uh, oh, You've got it. That, that, that's, uh, yeah, you've got to accept it. Uh, uh, you know, but, um, you know, uh, the, the, to get them working together, uh, you know, I would uh, first uh, open up, a, a, you know, consistent um, personal collect uh direct line of communication. So in other words, just them. Um, they may have that already. I don't know. Um, I, I, if I had to guess, I would say it's, it's the governor's probably not consulting with Mayor Turner before he's making a lot of decisions. I think it's important that, you know, there has to be a two-way communication, even though the state governs the, the, the cities. Um, I, I think it's important that there's a, a, a dialogue around, you know, what my decision from a state level what will the impact be on your city based on the intelligence and the information that you know? That's the first piece. Um, I think secondly, um, I would uh, establish a, a, um, a working group um, to help to implement um, solutions that are regionally based. Um, and, and so again, to be able to uh, allow the, the industry leaders in, the, in that region to advise both the mayor and the governor on what is, 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 is best. Um, and then I think the third thing would be um, to of course I'm actually not sure. Uh, what the third thing would be. Um, what, what would you say point. is the biggest issue where there's a breakdown? The partisanship. Want, the, part, the partisanship? The partisanship. I mean, even though the mayor is a nonpartisan office, I mean, it still has partisan ramifications. And a lot of times we don't hear each other because partisanship gets into the, in the way. And I think if we can alleviate that, um, you know, I, I think we would come with some much better solutions. Um, to our problems. Yep. Um, I agree. Focus on the issues, not the people. It's generally, you know, by doing so, you generally help the people. Um, so Dallas, I can't thank you enough. I know, you know, it's, it's been a, a whirlwind of a day. We're, we're facing a lot right now and we're still trying to figure out minute by minute basis what's going to happen with these storms. So thank you for your time. Thank you for your insight and your wisdom. Uh, have a wonderful day. Thanks, Dallas. Hey, this was fun. Thanks, guys. If you're watching the show, please like and subscribe. Give us five stars. Please also give us some comments. What did you think about the show? What do you think about the weight loss challenge? What challenges would you like to see? Thank you for watching the show. And till next time. This has been another episode of Your Houston, the show where you make a difference.